Hey guys, and welcome to Evangelism Encounters, the new subcategory of Full Armor Radio. This will be part two of Conversation with an Atheist. If you missed part one, you want to go back to the previous episode and check that out, and then you'll pick up the conversation right here in the middle. Hope you enjoy. Like, I, like I need to have a solid reason, and because, you know, people say, well, why is it the way this is? Like, why, why are people moral? Like... To that degree, like, the reason that I, like, I look at, you know, a faith-based life, like, is just kind of irrational, is because it's that same value, is, um, you're not personally, like, doing any, like, you're just taking it, like, you know what, like, and you have the Bible, and if you take it completely for what it is, just mm-hmm. short and simple, like, that to me is, it seems irrational, just because you don't have much proof, one, I'm, I'm okay. I can't speak, obviously, because I'm not educated in the mm-hmm. Bible. That's very good. Um, but like, you don't have proof that you know, God spoke to these people and had them document His word. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have that proof, and you don't have. You know, I think it's hard to have people like pastors and preachers, and I think it's good to have educators and to have someone educated in it. But like to that degree, like, that's kind of your only source for evidence. So my, so my argument, my, my proof, my evidence is, is that if you reject it, you can't have, there's no rational basis for anything. Right. So I'm saying you can't actually even talk about reason or logic and these types of things without a, this, a Bible mm-hmm. as a foundation. Because if you reject it, then you're going to left with arbitrariness. Right. right. But if you take it as what it is, then you actually have the only rational foundation so I'm saying it's one or the other. Either either a person accepts or they reject it, of course. You can't, like you said, you can't really have it both at the same time. So if you reject it, you're going to be left with actually a, a rational worldview. So what I'm saying is that the proof of it is, is that it's impossible for it not to be true. Because if it wasn't true, then nothing could be. There couldn't be uniformity of nature or, or there couldn't be universal morality because there's no answer for it otherwise. There's no reason for it otherwise. So that's my argument. That's why I said it's kind of like the overarching ultimate thing is that it's taking everything. It's mm-hmm. like really there's nothing that could be accounted for. There's no justification for uni- uniformity of nature or universal moral absolutes if you reject that as being true. Mm-hmm. So my argument is from the impossibility of it not being true. That's fair. Yeah, so that's kind of my point. And I want, I want to offer this too as a thought for you is that I know you're talking about the difference between you and kind of faith-based um, worldviews. But I want to say that I think, I think everybody has a faith-based worldview. It's the matter of what are you, what's the object of your What you put your faith, your faith in. Right, because I would yeah. say that what you're talking about like is... Like, I've definitely put my faith, or faith, um, I made the mistake. You know Professor Tudico? Yes. I made the mistake of saying, I pulled the beg the question fallacy. <laughs> I recognize it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that you don't have faith that the sun is going to rise every morning. Like, mm-hmm. you, I was like... You know it will because it has right. every single day, and I, I'm like, God damn it, two to go. But um, <laughs> but you do ultimately. I have definitely faith. understand that, and like, but it's definitely like, it's hard for me to say like I put my faith in it. I put my um, belief in that. It's the same, same thing. thing, same exact thing. I just I'm just like, God damn, yeah. I see what he's talking like a year later, <laughs> and yeah. I know what he's talking about. Faith, belief, confidence, all the trust, same thing. Yeah, all the same it's, thing. Yeah, trust, all the same thing. 
And it's it is that kind of concept that like it really just depends what you put that in. Right. So so it's not a question of faith versus reason. It's actually a question of faith is faith versus faith, mm-hmm. and which faith actually has a reasonable foundation. Right. So I'd say you are, and you you, in the typical way, you wouldn't call yourself religious, but no. you but you are in some way. You don't believe may not be a theist. No, definitely. But not. <laughs> you but you are have some sort of standards that you hold yourself to. Some sort of moral standards. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have a reason for them, but you do hold to right. some. You know, you believe in the uniformity of nature, even though you don't have a reason to believe in it. So you have these faith things that you're holding on to, and everybody does, because we have to, in order to function in the world. So my argument is, my, my world, I'm saying my world, the reason that those things are true of you, that you know things are right and wrong, you know <laughs> nature's uniform, is because you are actually living in a world that is actually created by God. It, that the Christian worldview is true, and that you are a created person that so knows then- these things. You know, and I guess an easy way to answer this question is that, you know, humans have free will and they'll do whatever they damn well please. Um, you know, if we're created to be moral creatures mm-hmm. and, you know, I assume, you know, God created us with the intent for us to be good, mm-hmm. then why do people do bad things to each other? Right. Like, why, like, why do horrible things happen to people? Why are hundreds of thousands of people wiped out randomly? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why then? Now, I don't know if you know much, because I know you say you didn't grow up in a, in like a Christian or a household that went through the Bible and mm-hmm. stuff. But again, if we're going to take the Bible as a whole, because yeah. if you reject it, you got nothing. Right. Is that this, this, these questions are, are explained therein in the Bible in terms of why is there what the Bible calls sin in the world or people doing right. immoral things? Um, is because um, Adam decided to. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I know the story. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was not. God didn't invent people as evildoers. He invented them with the ability to do good. Mm-hmm. And then they blew it. <laughs> we blew it. And we, and we do these things. So do you and I have a um, proclivity towards breaking God's law? We absolutely do. Um, because in terms of, you know some of the Ten Commandments, in terms of have you and I lied in our lives? More times than we could count, if we're yeah. honest. You know, that sort of thing. You mm-hmm. know, and that's against the Ten Commandments and stuff like that. So the reason that pe- that things are bad is because of us um, and that's the problem but that's that's why and I want to talk to you about this too just to see if you know much about what the Christian worldview is kind of centered around in terms of um, like salvation and stuff like that I'm sure you know some of that you probably heard some of it but that's kind of the point is that for example like I asked you in your, in your whole life have you ever told any lies oh yeah yeah like you said me too more than I could count and then like you know have you ever stolen anything in your whole life of any amount I mean yeah, no, that's true. I accidentally stole a thing of seltzer water yesterday because the lady forgot sure. to bring it up. I was like, I was already home. Yeah, sure. So we, we, so, do, yeah. we do that in our lives, you know. Um, you know, Jesus said if you lust after somebody in your heart, you've committed kind of sexual and moral things in your yeah. heart with them. We've probably both done that. So just looking at just those three, for example, mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments, you and I, would we be found innocent or guilty if we were judged by them? Most definitely probably guilty. Right, yeah, we just admitted to it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like... Sorry, God. <laughs> right. But. Yeah. So then, and then, therefore, then, so like, if you're in, a, if I'm in court, and I'm on trial, and I say, yeah, I broke the laws. Well, yeah, they, and I, you get, you're guilty. Yeah, I'm going to be found guilty, and they can't just let it slide. That's corrupt. There's a corrupt judge who let it slide. Justice would demand that there's justice being done, mm-hmm. right? So God is God is just, according to the Christian worldview, or in the Bible, He's just. So therefore, there has to be some sort of penalty for sin for breaking the laws, mm-hmm. like we have. So my question is, do you know, you probably know some of this, but do you know, according to the Christian worldview, what God did so that people don't have to, like, go to hell and be punished for being guilty? Yeah, the the whole 
I'm going to say this really bluntly, the whole Jesus thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> what, what most people don't understand about that is, like, the legal implications of it, though, from a Christian worldview, is that, like I said, you can't just let it slide, so justice has to be dealt with one way or the other, and that means that our, our sins need to be punished on either you or me or on Jesus as a substitute, you see? Because if they're punished on us, that's what justice would demand. But the, he can't just let it slide, so he has to... The only way he can show mercy to people like you and me is by kind of transferring that, that guilt to Jesus instead, and then Jesus mm-hmm. is punished in the place of sinners. Okay. You see? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the basis of how somebody can be saved. And there's two things the Bible says, maybe you've heard this already too, but uh, repentance and faith. you heard those before. Mm-hmm. You know what repentance means? Just kind of admitting that you did wrong. Yeah, and then saying, I hate that, and I yeah. turn my back on that. And then faith is, we kind of talked about the nature of faith a little bit already, but like, it's not only believing the facts, you but know, things. But living. Well, not living, but trusting. Trusting. Trusting, right. and it's transferring your trust from yourself to Jesus as the Savior is really the point, is that it's, a lot of people say, why should God let me into heaven? And they'll say, well, I've tried to be a real good person, and I've done this, this, and this, and this. But that's not the way it works, because if I went into the courtroom and I said, Judge, I did break all these laws, but I also give to charity and I volunteer and stuff, he's not going to let me go. No. Because I'm still going to be found guilty. Mm-hmm. But if, if my entirety of my guilt is transferred to Christ, to Jesus, then I won't be found guilty anymore, you see? Mm-hmm. So I can't be trusting in myself, I have to be trusting in the Savior completely. So it's transferring my trust from myself to, to Jesus. So it's not boasting in myself. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says this salvation is a gift, right. not something you earn. Can't be something you earn, and you receive it by trusting in Christ. So, so. I guess then, you know, to what degree? To what degree of what? Of, I guess, sin you would call it. Mm-hmm. Like, to what degree of doing something horrible? Like, is there a point where you can't be salvaged? No. So that's the thing that's great about it is that you even have, like, in the Bible, you have people like. Paul, New Testament, he wrote a lot of the books in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know kind of what happened to who he was before he was a Christian. But what he did is that he was a, um, a Jew, a Jewish um, teacher who hated Christians and he had a lot of them killed. Mm-hmm. He dragged them, you know, bind them, drag them, and have them put to death. Right. Pretty bad stuff. Um, responsible for the death of a lot of people. But he was, became a Christian, he was saved. Because the thing is, is that there's no limit on, what, on the grace of God in terms of giving the gift of salvation, because the gift of salvation is Jesus accomplished yeah. salvation by taking so, the penalty. And then, I guess that's where I... I don't know. It's... Is it, you know, a good and just God if you take someone... And I, it's definitely not discriminatory. Like, if you go out and strangle a six-year-old yeah. can you go repent and be faithful like because that to me like that seems like an unforgivable thing yeah and it's again god's not letting it slide definitely so the thing is there's real justice going on here because that is a horrible so thing. then does it just every single like obviously like if you don't do that then you go to hell i'm guessing mm-hmm. but to me that just doesn't and, like, obviously, like, you can pull this back to the moral thing and where that comes but it doesn't seem right to allow, you know, just this eternal paradise to someone who did really horrible things, but then right at the end of their life decided that they would want to repent and save and be faithful versus someone who, you know, may not have been a faithful person to God, but they lived 
a perfectly moral life to his standards. Like, mm-hmm. why is that person now going to hell versus yeah. the person who murdered people and yeah. raped and pillaged? Like, why that person who repented, why do they now get to go to heaven versus someone else? It's an important, important question. I think part of it is based upon um, kind of a faulty premise, is that there are, that, that idea that there are people who are good. Um, because if, I, if I'm asked if I'm, if I'm a good person in terms of keeping God's standards, I'm not. Um, because I've broken all of them right. many, many times. Um, so it's not as though that there are good people and bad people and, and stuff. Is that everybody's bad. Everybody, according to the standard, is, is God's standards high compared yes. to us. So what I'm saying is that there is no such thing as, um, you know, a good person and a bad person. But to answer the question about, you know, people who commit horrible, horrible acts Yeah, and then sin, there's definitely people who do these things and then claim that they are faithful to God and they're doing it in God's name. And obviously right. that is not... Right. And the Bible talks about that too. There's such thing, you know, such thing as being a false convert or a fake yeah. Christian. Um, you ever heard the, um, what it means to be born again? You've heard of that before? Yeah, it's from the Bible. It's from mm-hmm. what Jesus talks about. Being born again is basically when God saves somebody, he actually changed, gives them a new, de- new desires. Because naturally, before I was a Christian, I didn't really have much interest in God, didn't care. Uh, totally loved doing what he said not to do. You know, but he makes them be born again. He gives them a desire to obey him, not to earn salvation, but the thankfulness for the gift of salvation. So when somebody is actually born again, Jesus said it like this: He said, "You'll know somebody like you know a tree by its fruit." So if you and I are walking around and we see apples growing on a tree, what kind of tree is it? Right, duh. So when we see somebody who's living a life that's consistently immoral, it doesn't matter if they claim to be a Christian or not. That demonstrates that they're a bad tree or a false Christian. Somebody who's living a life that is, is they, you know, they're saying they repent to trust in Christ, and their life is actually generally striving to obey God. That's somebody you can say that seems like somebody who's actually a real Christian who's been born again. God doesn't just leave people in their rebellious mindset. So what is, who is it up to to decide who is and who isn't a fake Christian? Like, well, ultimately, ultimately, it's God. Yeah. But but when you say like you see here's somebody who says, I've met a lot like, of people. I, definitely, like I do. Right, like I can I can identify. Yeah. You know, just seeing someone who's yeah, going out and doing... Like, you totally can, but, like... Yeah. I was a fake Christian, if that helps. Because <laughs> yeah. I could identify myself as a fake Christian after I became a Christian. I looked back and said, I was a fake Christian. <laughs> I wasn't a real one. You know? So you can look around. Somebody who is just living in an... Unre- like I said, repentance is not only admitting you're wrong, but saying, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is unrepentant in the way they live their life in general, then you can, you can say, well, it doesn't look very good for them. Now, ultimately, God's the one who knows. Right. But it's not, it's like, it's sometimes pretty obvious when people say, oh, I'm a Christian. And a lot, a lot of people have claimed Christianity and they obviously have no interest in obeying God. Right. No interest in the Ten Commandments and trying to do what's right. So you can kind of tell based on that. But just, I'm a, I'm a Christian and born again, but I do still sin, but I'm repentant of it. I don't want to. And I right. hate myself when I do it, you know. So that's the difference, is that there's, before I was a Christian, I had no battle with, with sin. I just did it and was happy to do it. But then when I was born again, I have a battle with it now, and, I, and I'm, putting, I'm killing it in myself. I'm, getting, I'm not going to do these mm-hmm. things anymore. So that's the difference. So you can tell, like, there's a lot of false converts, a lot of false converts in our area. Because we live in what's called the you know, Bible Belt area. Yeah. Everybody's a Christian, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know. And um, that really doesn't mean anything, um, just to say you are. Anybody can say. Right. Yeah, it's a matter of is it a reality? Is somebody mm-hmm. if they actually? And that that is a good point. I think that's probably that is a good explanation. Yeah. Thank you. And it's yeah. I obviously like 
a lot of people I've asked that to, I'm like, well, you know, you take someone who's done horrendous things to other people, and obviously, you know, if, you know, they go and repent, and they Mm -hmm. say, oh, I hate that I did that, it still doesn't change the fact that they did it. Right. It doesn't. And it doesn't take that consequence away. No, but when you when you repent and you trust in Christ, you know what He did. And this is this is why it's you know the song "Amazing Grace." That's why it's called that because it's amazing because we're so bad. But He actually takes the penalty for those who trust in Him, no matter how bad it is, because He's merciful. I mean, I know that you agree that He justice needs to be meted out. That's really important. And God is just, but the way He's merciful is that He doesn't let it slide. He puts justice on mm-hmm. Jesus instead of, of people who who, who trust in Him. So see, and I think somewhere where I probably think that's ridiculous is that seems that's where the accountability gets taken away well, is, okay sorry no no you're fine uh-huh. I just I think people make a lot of decisions in their life and they'll say well Jesus died for my sins so I can go do this right. and like to agree you can pull that back to the false Christian you totally can but even if it's someone who repents and recognizes that's bad like you know suppose that that like I can't say for certain whether that really happened. You know, history lines up that it did. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Like, time frame all works out. Um, but I think it would be more just, like, you have a person actually take accountability for what they did. And obviously, like, you know, I don't know the process between re- of repentance and becoming faithful, but it seems wrong to put every single thing on just one person or thing. Like, it takes away the accountability of living a life. So that's that's a really important question, and it does come back to what I was saying before. But the Bible addresses that very objection, actually, mm-hmm. in a few places. In Romans uh, chapter six, he said, or in three as well, he, Paul said, "Should we just sin so that grace may abound?" Well, Jesus died for my sins, so I guess I can do whatever I want. That's kind of the objection he's trying to answer. He's saying that's impossible because somebody who's actually trusting in Christ is somebody who's already been born again. In the book of Jude. There's very severe words against somebody who does this. They, it's, they say it's somebody who uses the grace of God as a license to sin. See how bad that is? You're saying, well, it's all covered by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. That, if you use that as a license to sin, that's very, very bad. And it also may demonstrate that you're not actually a Christian because you're not, you don't care about mm-hmm. trusting in, or just care about obeying God, which means you may not be born again. Right. So I'm saying is that, again, it does come back to the fake Christian thing. I do not use the cross yeah, as a license to sin. a genuine person of faith isn't going to be like, mm, I think I'll just go hit some people with my car, but it's okay. Right. But, no, that is a good, like, that is a good right. point. Because and obviously, the, like, I'm guessing every time I'm like, what about this? There's probably an answer for <laughs> it in there, because they were uh, detailed. Oh, for sure. And I'm happy to talk about all of them, too, if you have questions. I oh, think and I think that's okay. I think they're good questions, honestly, I really do. I mean, obviously, they were questions that were raised back then, too, that Paul and Jude had to answer in their letters because people were saying the very same things then. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed. Uh, people see the same things. That if, if people say, well, salvation is by, by grace, by a gift, then why is it you bother with doing any good works? Well, it's just understanding the place of good works is not to try to earn your salvation but have gratitude right. or thankfulness to God. So I'm thankful to God that he gave a free gift of showing mercy to me by Jesus dying on the cross in the place of me taking the penalty. So I'm thankful to him. been mm-hmm. born again. I want to strive to obey him. He's my God. Mm-hmm. He's my Savior, my Lord, my King. So I want to serve him. Right. You know? And um, 
you know, you know that the things that he says to do are good things, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's the thing, it's like, I can't, and it, it would take genuinely just, like, a sociopath to be like, <laughs> like, yeah. and, like, that's the thing, is, like, it takes someone who genuinely just doesn't understand right and wrong and doesn't, mm-hmm. like, to look at religion and be like, that's a horrible thing. Like, you're a terrible person if you like that, like... I don't think if something tells you to be a good person, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> right. Of like, course not. Mm. Right. So. Yeah. So, my point is, is that, well, one, let me ask this, just, just to see if that came across clearly, just in terms of what Christianity is all about. Just assume, assume my worldview for a yeah. second. If you were to die and stand before God, and he were to ask you, why should he let you into heaven? What should your answer be according to the Bible? That's a good one. Obviously, along the lines of, like, yeah, did all these things, recognize they're wrong, and not feel guilty about them, but I recognize it was wrong, and I don't know, like, that's obviously something I've never put much thought yeah, into. Yeah, sure, yeah, I understand. Especially for my worldview, but... Right. Um, and it's kind of like a job interview. <laughs> it's a really horrible analogy, but you go in, and they're like, for example, why do you want to work in healthcare? Yeah. And you say, I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's okay. Everyone wants to help people. Right. You need to have a good reason for what you're doing. And so going in and saying, well, I did all these good things. Like, that's definitely like, okay, yeah, lots of people did lots of good things too. Like, show why... Repent. <laughs> right. So he, here's the thing. So like I said, you can't go in there and say, well, God, I did a lot of good things. Yeah. Because it's like going in the courtroom and saying, well, I, exactly. I, I robbed the banks, but I tried to be a good person. He says, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're still going to be found guilty. So from the Christian worldview, you have to actually, again, transfer your trust entirely from yourself and saying, I've done good, and saying, I actually haven't earned for myself a place in heaven. I've earned for myself a just penalty in hell. But I trust in the finished work of what Jesus did, that he took the penalty for my sins. And he actually, he kept the law perfectly on my behalf. He actually transfers his law-keeping to me so that legally before God, I don't appear as guilty anymore. I appeal as righteous, even though I didn't keep the law. He kept it in my place. See, if you trust in that, that's something that I can be sure of. But see, if I, if I thought that, well, if going to heaven depends upon me, I wouldn't go there mm-hmm. because I'd be found guilty. Right. You see, but if it depends upon Jesus, who's, who's perfect then I can actually be sure that I'm going to because it doesn't depend upon me. So I'm not boasting in myself saying, well, God, I tried to be a real good person. I'm saying I wasn't a good person, I broke your commandments, but Jesus you know, kept the law in my place and took the penalty for my sins in my place. And if, if you trust in that and that alone, mm-hmm. that's what the Bible says is the basis of salvation is Jesus' finished work. He said before he died on the cross, it is finished, so the penalty has been paid, it's accomplished. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to work for it as something that he's already finished right. or accomplished. I'm trusting in a finished work. It's like the difference between working and resting. I'm not working for it. I'm resting in a finished work that he did in terms of trying to get to heaven. Because mm-hmm. the Bible says that if you, if you um, were to get to heaven by works, by doing good things, you have to be perfect. So <laughs> blew that and didn't do it. So the only other way is to have Christ be perfect in my place. Right. So that's, that's the basis of it. So that would be the answer. It's not saying, well, I tried to be real good. It's saying, well, Jesus kept the law and took the penalty for my sins right. in my place. So if you trust in that and what he did and that's that's the basis that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. so okay well like I said just to kind of wrap it up let's get back to what we're doing okay. we talked for us but really honestly yeah, no, I really like nice talking it's nice to have conversations like yeah. this I think it's valuable too 
So now I have a better understanding. Yeah, of no, for your sure. Your worldview, yeah. and that's valuable for me. Yeah, that's a good thing. So. And, and I think I really, I mean, I think that you're really pleasant to talk to. Well, thank really you. Genuinely. You are too. I, I will say this has been the best conversation well, about religion <laughs> I've ever had because yeah, I'm really used to just, like, I'll tell you a story. So when I was in high school, and you know, like. Youth groups are a big thing, and it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, youth groups are cool. Whatever. Go do your thing. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But um, I went one time with a friend, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And this very dinosaur man came up to me, like, very old and probably a really great guy, actually. And I just sitting there, and he, like, grabbed me by the wrists. And he was like, have you accepted Jesus? And I was like, no. And it was the biggest verbal beatdown I've ever gotten. Yeah. And, like, immediately I was like, screw this, <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, like, that, and, like, that is obviously one of those fake ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there is, like I said, this, this is important, you can, this is something you can, take, you can take away to help you think about these things, too, is that if you're going to look at Christianity, you look at the Bible. Yeah. That's how you make, what's Christianity actually teach? Mm -hmm. Because there are, like, a lot of people who say, I'm a Christian, and it doesn't necessarily represent, that what they do doesn't represent necessarily what right. is actually biblical. So cause there's a lot of people, you meet people on campus, I'm a Christian, but they have no idea what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Not a clue. I'm going to say, you're very well versed. <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't, it's not, doesn't really reflect Christianity mm -hmm. well because it's not really accurate. So that's, there's a lot of weird churches out there, there's a lot of weird stuff that say we're Christian, there's a lot of weird stuff. Lots. <laughs> Trust mm -hmm. me, there's probably don't even know the half of the weird stuff that's out there. Oh, but... Doesn't doesn't bother me because it's not based on the Bible. They're, they're just making yeah. stuff up. So, again, let me just kind of sum up what we were talking about. It's really, really, I think, a really good conversation. But something you can consider to think about as you as you analyze worldviews and stuff is that, you know, from your from your worldview, you haven't been able to provide like a rational foundation for uniformity of nature and, and universal, absolute morality. And of course, those are very basic to reality in the way that we live. Mm -hmm. And without doing those things, like you said before in your class, you, you beg the question or, you know, you're being arbitrary in these things. So really consider that, because I'm saying is that if you don't... if you No, don't, it is something to consider. Oh, yeah. I think it's really important, because when I'm, if I'm, what I'm telling you is true, right, just hypothetically from your perspective, obviously this is really important, you know, the, the Bible and the Christian message. It's really important, because mm -hmm. I know that if I asked everybody, you know, going through some of the Ten Commandments, we'd all be found guilty, mm -hmm. me included. So I'm telling you is that here's the way that God shows mercy to people. So that's really important. So from my perspective, you know, I believe Christianity is true, then I don't want you to be found guilty. Right. You know? Yeah. Because I care about you. I know I don't I know each other, but I do. You know, I care about people, and I don't want them to be found guilty and be mm -hmm. punished. I want them to be saved. And... I hope you can see the sincerity of that. Even though you, oh, may, you, may not, you may not believe what I'm saying, but, yeah. like, in terms I of... I definitely, like... I can say definitively right now, I'm not at the point where I mm -hmm. am going to go yeah. put all in. Yeah. But I do appreciate that, and I do think you're sincere. Like okay. It's not just, like, pulling out a script to read off of. Yeah, and I, the reason I wanted to, you know, I think it's a nice good conversation to have, but I really, I do, I am trying to convince you. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> you know. Because, like I said, I, That's I do... That's the goal. Yeah, I do believe these things, and it would be pretty hateful for me if I didn't try to convince you. Yeah. Wouldn't it? So that's what I'm saying. But again, I want you to think about these things. I mean, you're very intelligent. I mean, that genuinely, you're a good thinker. Um, <laughs> honestly, you're the, this is the most fruitful conversation I've ever had with an atheist. I mean, oh, cool. I mean, honestly, because you understand the issues. Yeah. I mean, just if I can be more blunt about it, a lot of people. No, I'm definitely like. 
probably right in between like the little like probably closer to atheist but a little agnostic sure, sure. but like very on that end of the a spectrum a non-theist position not religious yeah. yeah so like a lot of people don't understand the issues yeah and you understand these are important issues that we're mm -hmm. talking about these they're called the preconditions of intelligibility mm -hmm. the things that we need the conditions we need before anything is really understandable right. uniformity of nature you know so on so what I'm saying is is that Think through it more, but I'm saying that you're you're going to be left in a world that you reject the Bible, you're going to reject the world that's going to end up being irrational in one way or the other, whether it be arbitrary or begging the question. And I know that you don't want to be irrational. Yeah. Because that demonstrates it's really false. Yeah. You know. So I'm saying is, but from a Christian, if you take the Christian worldview, take the Bible, you actually have a rational basis for all the preconditions of intelligibility. Okay. Okay. And therefore, you actually have. So I'm saying that the Bible is the foundation for reason, mm -hmm. because if you reject it, you have no reason. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the that's kind of my argument. Oh, you, yeah. you know, you can think about it. And I told you, you know, kind of the message of, of salvation according to the Bible. You can think about that as well. Yeah. Because I know that you and I both have a conscience, and we both know that we've done things that are wrong. You know, we are we have guilt. We are human. Yep, we are. <laughs> And we have guilt, so you know something. What are you going to do with your guilt? Mm -hmm. I'm saying that the real, the way to do it is to, you know to repent, trust in Christ. I know you have to work through some things um, for that, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and like tomorrow I'm just like mm, it's done. Yeah. So, <laughs> but really think about it because I don't don't satisfy yourself with saying oh, I don't have an answer, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, that's just accepting being arbitrary. It is, and. To a certain degree, lots of people are very lazy in the aspect of like, well, it takes a lot of effort to go through and do that and work through the process. Of, like, I recognize there's probably lots of things that I don't understand that I'd like to. Um, it's just, and this is the other thing. I'm also like busy with this, so it's like, oh no, yeah, I get it. College guy, yeah. but um, no, I definitely don't yeah. understand that. And a lot of it does relate to you know, philosophical questions, so it may overlap into what you're studying. No, and it is like. Um, I'm doing psychology and mm -hmm. philosophy, so just that whole the human condition, yeah. going over all of it, like it's it's a very interesting concept, and I've I've definitely found oh, I wish I could think of the guy's name, but um, last year we talked about you know lots of different um, just like perspectives when it comes to religion, and just from that like that's kind of provided kind of a very good foundation for me where I like, like I definitely still believe the way I live is rational. Mm -hmm. um, and despite all that, like, you know, and I think that is just kind of a key difference just with the worldviews is, you know, sitting here listening to all this, like I definitely understand it and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but I still like, it would be an irrational way for me to live my life okay. to me. Um, at this point in time, <laughs> I can't say that will ever change, sure. but um can I ask why? I, I'm not sure I understand. What's no, and it's just, yeah. it's mostly just, um, it just all sounds so outrageous. From your worldview lens. From my worldview lens. Right. So what I was saying. And so, like, from yeah. yours, I definitely do see it. Well, sure. It makes sense for mine. No, and it totally does. Yeah. But, like, I think that's where I share a different perspective, is I believe, and I kind of talked about this earlier, mm -hmm. I think that. I think people need to be responsible for what they do. Oh, I agree. And they, you know, they totally are. Lots of people are. But, I don't know, to a certain degree, I think that at the end of the day, putting all of your faith and all of your actions in the reason you do everything and just on that one thing and, like, just 
being able to, you know, you have an ant on your leg, by the way. Sorry, it's gone. I was watching like crop. I was like, don't want that on him. But um, I don't know. I think there's lots of people who do things, and people have done things to me. Like you know, people are horrible to each other. Yeah, I know they are. And I think that being able to say, well. I at least get to have a happy afterlife. Well, that doesn't count for right now. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. But like like I said, that's and I definitely do understand it, but yeah. that's that's kind of where I'm coming from is it's I think people lack a lot of accountability. Oh, I agree with because you. Because of yeah. that mindset. And and that's a reasonable judgment for professing Christians. A reasonable way to say this is wrong that you're doing that. But again, back to if you judge what the Bible says. Yeah. It doesn't allow for that sort of thing. Oh, no, definitely so, not. Yeah. So people may live inconsistently with that. No, and it's, I think I, like, even, not even people of faith, like, I I personally, I am very aggressive, I'd say aggressively, diligently (laughs) um, hold people accountable. Mm -hmm. And people probably think I'm a jerk, but I'm not going to sit here and let you, like, not you specifically, but, like, I, I don't let people just act horrible. Yeah, that's a good thing. And that is a good thing, but a lot of people, I think, just refuse to take accountability for the things they do because oh, I agree. Yeah. And like you said, you can you can definitely tie it back and I agree with that. But Yeah, being a Christian doesn't destroy accountability. It actually gives a motivation for it. Um, because like I said, I want to please I want to love and please God. Mm-hmm. And if you're my, if a real Christian wants to do that, um, fake Christians don't care about pleasing God, they're gonna do what they want to do. Yeah. But again the Bible does not allow for the um, the idea that somebody could be a Christian at the same time in total rebellion and, and live kind of autonomously living mm-hmm. in the sense that they don't care about God's law they just want to do whatever they want right um, that's that's not possible in a true Christian um, so that can't I mean that's that's a real objection against professing Christians but not a, a valid objection against the Bible or against true Christians right. because it's not it's not um, a description of, of real mm-hmm. Christianity so but I, I agree that there is a big problem with this fake Christian religiosity, people call it churchianity, <laughs> you know, I go to church, well, big deal, yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't change anything, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you need to have a true, a true salvation, mm-hmm. so that's, that's a difference, um, so just remember that, there's a distinction there. There is, and know? there totally is, and I recognize that. Yeah, yeah, and in terms of, you know, again, the rational, rational basis, though, is that, you know, if you reject, if you reject the Bible, you don't have a rational basis for these things, even though I know that you care about morality, I, I can tell from talking to you. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You say you want to hold people accountable and you hold yourself accountable. Those are great things. And I agree. But those things ultimately are only um, justified in my worldview mm-hmm. and not in yours because you can't really give a reason why it matters. Right. Um, so I'm glad. That's my point, though, that you're living in a world that actually is created by the God of the Bible who created you and gave you a conscience and a rather active one, which is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And therefore, that's why I'm saying that you are living, your worldview contradicts the way you live. Right. Saying you are inconsistent in a good way, <laughs> in that even though your worldview doesn't have a reason for these things, you still live as if these things are true because they are true, and you're going to have to kind of borrow from my worldview because you ultimately know that my worldview is true. That's my argument. I know it's a bold one, but that's that's ultimately my argument: is that you're made by God. You know these things. You know right from wrong, not because your worldview, as you profess it, you know can account for it, but because you are actually made in the image of God with a conscience. Mm-hmm. And you know uniformity of nature because you actually do know that God exists even though you, you know, are thinking, air professing that he doesn't, but you're living as if he does. So I'm saying mm-hmm. you're kind of 
um, this is not a pejorative, but kind of like a walking contradiction <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that's my point. So you don't want to you don't want to be that way. I'm saying, you know, if you accept the Christian worldview, you're actually consistent with the world. You're consistent in your worldview. You're consistent with everything. It's not irrational. It has a rational foundation for the preconditions of intelligibility, morality, and uniformity of nature, laws of logic, these things. And um, but if you reject the Bible, then you're going to be left with begging the question or arbitrariness, having no reason for these things, no reason to believe. And it actually comes back around, interestingly enough, kind of ironically, is that your worldview would be the one that doesn't, is actually accepting things by blind faith. No reasons, but just this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. Which is my, actually, is a reasonable foundation, the rational foundation, that if you accept scripture, that is the foundation of these preconditions of intelligibility. Mm -hmm. okay. I think you understand it, because you are intelligent. Yeah. So. No, okay, well... Anything you want to say before I let you go? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, if I ever see you around again, I'd like to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't mind. Because I honestly, sincerely, it was it was a pleasure talking no, to you. No, it was nice. Um, I really do appreciate. It. And you know, if if you think about it for a while, maybe we can follow up and see what you're thinking then. And yeah. Just if you have any good thoughts that you come up about. And I know, I know this is kind of a lot of stuff to take in, um, you know, in one one sitting, especially. <laughs> If you haven't, you know, if it's kind of newish. I, mean, I, I know you've thought about some of this before. No, but, and I've definitely, yeah. like... And it's a funny thing, is... Um, I was raised by two... My parents were very non-religious raising us, but mm -hmm. my mom was raised very heavy Mormon. Oh, And okay. my dad was raised very heavy Catholic. Okay. <laughs> so, both very aggressive religions. And sure, I yeah. don't really like either of them. Oh, either do I. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to... They, neither of those are Christian, by the way. No, and they yeah. definitely are not. They're yeah. their own thing. <laughs> yes, their own thing. Um, but just my experiences with all that growing up, I'm like, oh, God, this seems like so much. This is a mess. And it's yeah, definitely not are, Christianity. Those but are Those are a mess, to be honest. But I to mean, me, like, it's still religion. And it's, like, mm -hmm. I think that, like, if, you know, there's something out there for me, then it's probably going to come to me eventually. But yeah. <laughs> Just, like, to be clear about those is that those two, because I'm, I'm not saying that... Oh, and I don't associate them with Christianity. Oh, I understand. That's great. But they're just... I'm, just to be clear where, my, where I'm coming from, I'm not saying that theism in general is great. Yeah. I'm saying that Christianity, biblical Christianity, mm -hmm. is all I'm arguing for. I'm not arguing for, well, you could be a Mormon, you could be a Catholic, you could be a Jew, a Muslim, a Jehovah's Witness. Um, all those are very different, and they're all inconsistent within themselves. Right. Mormons, you probably know, if you, if you had, was it your grandparent, I guess? Yeah. Um, hold to the Bible, as well as the Book of Mormon, as well as the Pearl of Great She's Price. She's still kicking. <laughs> yeah. So those, those that contradict each other are all over the place. And Mormonism contradicts itself. Their so-called prophets contradict each other. And the same goes with Roman Catholicism. Their councils, which are supposedly infallible, contradict the Bible, which is also supposed to be, from their worldview, infallible, which is an internal contradiction. Their popes are supposed to be able to speak infallibly, but they also contradict each other. So that's inconsistent, not or not a good rational worldview. No, it's neither of them are good, and I'm yeah. like I'm very grateful that my parents were like, oh, I don't want to raise kids like that. <laughs> no, that's a good thing, and I don't think you're any better off being a Catholic or a Mormon or an atheist, and from my worldview, that's, I don't think that's reasonable. Yeah, because it doesn't. Why would you be? Yeah. I'm saying that from a Christian worldview, you have to trust in Christ and in Christ mm -hmm. alone. Neither of those religions trust in Christ alone for salvation. They trust mm -hmm. in their own works. And they also trust in other things besides God. <laughs> so then I guess my question to you is, that's your worldview. Sure is. So if you take someone, for, for just say a Catholic, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you say, you know, it's I, I have absolutely no, I don't know how Catholic Catholicism works. Sure. Or Mormonism. Like, I don't know. I've yeah. not 
burdened myself. <laughs> I've fair. not That's fair. put that on myself to learn because I don't care. Yeah. Um, so of another person who feels like they're um, Catholicism, they feel that that's the rational worldview. Like, yes. how would you approach that? So I would do an internal critique, meaning I'd step into the worldview and see if it makes sense. Right. So Catholics hold to the Bible, like mm-hmm. me, and their councils, like the Council of Trent, for example. They hold to their papal encyclicals, like there's Vatican Council One and Two, right. Council of Trent. And they also hold to, like I said, um, the Pope. The papal encyclicals, Pope mm-hmm. says something... When he's called speaking ex cathedra, so he's in a certain he's in his chair. He has a certain thing going on. If he speaks something about religion and that he's supposedly infallible, right? So I step into the world and I say, so you have all these popes over all these centuries, and you have these councils, and you have the Bible. These are supposed to be all infallible, right? So what I'm looking for is are there contradictions between popes, councils, and Bible? Definitely. And there are tons. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like I'm definitely like, I agree. Right. Um. So the way I'd refute it is just so it's irrational to say that all these can be true and they contradict each other. Yeah, and that's that is reasonable. Yeah. But I guess my main question is, you take someone of equal faith of yours of a different religion, um, and I think that would probably be a really difficult place to, and you can't just sit there and like poke and jab and try and convince them. You know, no, with some reasonable. solid conversation, you could probably get somewhere. Yeah. But like I, I think just in that instance, it'd probably be really difficult to. To convince somebody, sure, everybody has high resistance to change, like you said earlier. Yeah, I'm resistant to change. Right, everybody is. (laughs) But in terms of being able to actually refute a theistic worldview, they're they're kind of blatantly self-contradictory besides Christianity. Because Mormonism, like I said, they have these, they have the Bible and a bunch of books. Just don't talk about the Mormons in my family. So they and they also have changed their position over time. I mean, they are a mess in terms of consistency. Because um, you might, I don't know if you know much about it, but they used to say, at least Brigham Young is one of the first prophets, may I heard him. He used to say that polygamy is the foundation uh, or the essence of salvation. Yeah. Well, yeah. they don't believe that anymore. No? <laughs> so, how is it that something that's the essence of salvation is no longer true yeah. in Mormonism? But it's because they wanted to become, um, in, in Utah, they wanted to become a state, and the United States says you can't yeah, unless I, you drop polygamy. I grew up two yeah. hours away from Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah so, so huge Mormon population. Mm-hmm. But so I would step into their worldview, doing an internal critique and refute it that way. Same goes with Jehovah's Witnesses, same goes with uh, Muslims and Jews. Right. Um, because all of those hold to the Bible, at least in part. Muslims hold to the books of Moses, the mm-hmm. Psalms, and the Gospels. The Jews, of course, hold to the Old Testament. And then they hold to other things as well. Of course, Muslims. So that is a question I've got, actually. Yeah. I just like I probably could Google it. <laughs> okay. Um. So between like the old and the new testament, that's just something I'm confused yeah, about. Yeah, do sure. people still like just hold true to the new, old testament, or do they? Okay. Because mm. I've honestly never known. Because there's people who like definitely do. Right. Modern Judaism is not even really close to Old Testament Judaism, which yeah. turned into Christianity. Um, modern Judaism, of course... But so what you're going off of is New Testament. I'm going off the entire Bible. The entire Bible. Yes, okay. I hold to the Old New Testament, but the New Testament shows what, like, it fulfills some of what the Old Testament was all about. Okay. Like, the Old Testament had, um, you know, a whole ceremonial system, ceremonial, like, worship religious system of where there was, like, animal sacrifices, and there was... Um, dietary restrictions and stuff. And you probably heard that you know Jews hold to some dietary restrictions and stuff like that. It's not entirely based upon the Bible, actually, but some of it is. It's um, very cultural. Yeah, it's cultural. Well. But uh, there is there was dietary restrictions in the Old Testament, and the New Testament lifts those. Same with the, sac- the sacrificial system is fulfilled in Jesus sacrificing himself on the cross. Mm-hmm. So they're all typological or like signs. So are they consistent? Do they contradict? 
Who is it, Jews? No, no, Old and New Testament. No, they're consistent. They're the, consistent the, the New Testament basically is the explanation of, like, Jesus came and he kind of fulfills what the Old Testament was pointing to. Like, these, like, the sacrifices of animals, which just never did anything in, in spiritual reality except it pointed to Jesus' coming. Mm-hmm. to die and be a sacrifice in the place okay. of sin. So it was, it was all typological. It was, it was God kind of preparing people, saying, here, this, you need, there needs to be a substitute for your sins. And ultimately, Jesus came and fulfilled okay. that. So No, that makes sense, because I've always just been like, yeah. the, the New Testament is heavily focused on the Old Testament and showing that here's what this was about and here's what this was about. Like the book of Hebrews is a letter to Jews saying, here's what all this Old Testament stuff, how it's fulfilled and what Jesus did. So if you read the book of Hebrews, you'll see all this Old mm-hmm. Testament stuff going on. So they, they're consistent with itself. But modern Judaism rejects the New Testament. And then they've also just, they've accepted oral tradition. It's called the Talmud. And um, that contradicts the Old Testament. And that's where I would go with my internal critique. Yeah, just um, finding contradictions. Yeah, because it's, it's very different. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. Talmud, the Talmud is actually, interestingly enough, what Jesus was refuting in his day is that the teachings of the Talmud. So um, there's a problem, problem there. But... Um, and the same goes with, like I said, with Muslims, they hold to the five books of Moses, the Psalms, and the Gospels, because Jesus is a prophet in Muslim mm-hmm. religion, so, but that's self-contradictory with the Quran and, and so on, so, but anyway, that's how I would yeah. do a, a theist, a theistic okay. religion. well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do an internal critique. Um, but, okay, well, like I said, great conversation, yeah, honestly, definitely. appreciate it, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I ever, you ever see me around, if I see you around, you know, you can say hi, be, be cool with that, it's Maddie, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Thanks so much again. Yeah, it was a course. pleasure. What's uh, it for? Just your own thing or yeah, well, projects? Well, like I said, I came up to you and we had a good long conversation about all sorts of stuff. But I, like I said, from my worldview, and I, I, I know that everybody, you know, going through God's law would be found guilty. So from my worldview, a you know, loving thing to do is show people the gospel with them and how they so can save. So this is not an academic thing? Um, not technically academic. Well, I mean, like, you're doing it for the college, or you just... No, not for the college. You're just doing it for the sake of doing it. I'm doing it for the sake okay. of pe- for people, and then also, I mean, it may... I, I'm probably going to end up doing um, some podcasting and stuff like that, kind of about worldviews and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and um, when I talk to people, or... You know, because from my, my worldview, of course, you know, we believe from Scripture that you have to believe in Christ to be saved, mm-hmm. and therefore, I want people, I want Christians to be going around doing that. Right. Because I want people to be saved. That makes sense. You know, that's a hateful thing to do for me to say nothing to people. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to let you go on. So it's a personal project. Okay. Kind of. Kind of. But it's really, it's really like I said, I do this not not to, because I'm not earning my salvation. Yeah, no. So it's, it's for, it's, it's out of love. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, Jesus. So um, that's kind of the reason, but it, it may end up, you know. Being something. Being something. Podcast cool. or something like that. Well, good luck. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Again, I really, really do appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for listening to part two of Conversation with an Atheist on this first episode of Evangelism Encounters, the sub-series of Full Armor Radio. If you're not already subscribed to Full Armor Radio, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast catcher. And if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, head on over to YouTube at Full Armor Ministries YouTube channel. It's Full Armor Ministries on YouTube. Armor is spelled A-R-M-O-U-R. And also check out our website. It's fullarmorministries.org. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll listen again as we go through evangelism encounters with other people that I talk to on the street. Thanks for listening.